Hello, and welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. I'm Todd Norwood, here with my co-host, Jason Hammond. Hey, how's it going? All right, Jason, what do we what do we have on the docket for today? All right, so today we're going to talk about cornering a bit, and uh, this is a speed skill that I think, even if you don't race, you should really be knowledgeable on. And um, I'm going to start by saying that uh, I am offering coaching services, and uh, I recently uh, had an uptick in uh, interest in this and I thought I would mention it on the podcast uh, just to see if anyone else was interested and I think that what I'm interested in is making a complete cyclist not just a a fit person and I I think that there are even you know there are other coaches that can make you fit I think there are even automated surface services that can make you fit but to to make someone a good bike racer that's really what I'm interested in creating so part of that is cornering and uh, it's not just for bike racers. If you're in group rides, even if you're riding alone, you know, you can have greater efficiency on your ride. Your average speed increases because you don't have to slow down dramatically every time you go around a corner. And um, you also, you're decreasing your effort that it takes to to fulfill a certain course. So these are all, I, I don't, none of these are negatives. Your brake pads last longer. Yeah. Your, uh, yeah, your, uh, your cost per mile goes down. Um and, you know, unless every workout's on Zwift, you're going to need to corner. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's something that you should learn and not just, oh, I know how to corner as in I know how to stay on my bike, but there are actual techniques to doing it efficiently and safely and uh, being able to control the bike. Yeah, I think that's a big thing is actually the safety, you know, riding either by yourself in a group, in a race situation, all those things, being able to corner, you know, at speed and in a safe, efficient manner is huge. Yep. And, uh, so some, some things that corners cornering can help you with is obstacle avoidance, crash avoidance and vehicle and animal avoidance. And there are always stories of, Oh, this deer jumped out in front of me. And it's uh, cornering is, uh, a fancy or a not so fancy word for just any lateral movement. And the techniques that you would use to veer across the road to avoid an obstacle are the same techniques you'd use to get around a corner and a crit quickly. Yeah. It's really about changing direction, right? Yeah, and not uh, forward and backward direction, mm-hmm. but side to side. Side to side, yep. yeah. And so we're going to start a little bit with about the math of steering. So there's two main types of steering. There's the slow speed, which I also could be like mountain bike steering, versus high speed steering, which is like road or track. And um, we talk a little bit about how the bike works. Uh, you apply force to the pedals. It transfers into the rear wheel through the chain. And the rear wheel wants to spin, but it can't because it's it's stuck to the ground. And the ground is preventing it from spinning. So what happens instead is you get pushed forward. So the the backwards force from the wheel onto the ground, the ground reaction force pushes you forward. So for the slow speed pedaling or the slow speed steering, you would have the front wheel in you know turned away from the direction of the bike, and the the reaction force pushes you in the direction of the front wheel. So the reaction force, instead of being along the length of the bike, is angled slightly so that moves you. Mm -hmm. And that's actually very different than high-speed cornering or um, steering, which is actually a disparity between the the center of gravity of your body and the resultant uh, normal force of the bike on the ground. So if you think about... um, you know, the, the, the center of gravity of your body, approximately your belly button, mm-hmm. uh, that is pointing down. And if you're leaning off the side of the bike, it's pointing down, uh, not over the tires. It's outside the base of support yep. effectively. 
And what that does is if you weren't moving, you would fall over sideways. And actually, this is why when we when we aren't moving, we do fall over is because it's really hard to be over the base of support on a, a two wheeled vehicle. It's mm-hmm. almost impossible. And so at, at slow speed, you would just fall over. But at a certain speed, you end up moving in a circular motion. And what this is, is you have a, a tangential velocity and you have a radial acceleration. And this creates a circular motion. This is the, the hallmark of circular motion is, is some sort of radial velocity and, or radial acceleration. And this radial acceleration is caused by the weight moving inward. And so we w- really want to focus on the second type of steering and the se- second type of cornering, which is really getting your weight in the direction that you want to go. Because that's, um, that's really how you're going to corner at higher speeds because you can't turn the front wheel. Uh, if you turn the front wheel excessively at speed, you just go off the you side. Fall or, over. Yeah, it, it doesn't work out very well. So we don't have the option to turn the front wheel. We don't have the option for that slow speed steering. We have to steer a different way, and that is by using the weight of our body and moving it in order to cause the bike to change position. So um, one thing that's uh, that we have to be careful about, and uh, we're going to move into the sort of the beginner tips, the the intro to cornering a bit, uh, is you have to watch out for, we talked about tangential velocity and radial acceleration. If you have tangential acceleration, which would be either braking or accelerating while you're turning, this can really decrease the stability of the position. And this is why, you know, beginner tip number one, don't accelerate or brake while you're turning. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be really careful with, first off, you should be lifting your inner leg up and that is to keep the pedal away from the ground and also to allow you to, we're going to talk about a little bit about knee in versus knee out, but um, it puts you in a good position to corner it, to have your inner foot up at mm-hmm. the 12 o'clock position. Um, well, am I going to ruin it by saying it lets you push down with your outside foot? Uh, yeah, so uh, that's also an advantage. Um, and that's something that a lot of new riders forget to do or, or never learn to do is to push down on the outer foot and that helps stabilize the position. Like the dynamic uh, leaning position is, is more stable when you push down on the far foot. So yeah, you don't want to accelerate or break and that's really important. And we talked about this a bit in our descending episode. There's a bit of overlap between this episode and that, but you have to remember that if you can't make the corner, you're trying to corner, you have to straighten out and then break and then try to corner again. And it's really important to not, break while you're cornering because you can either low side or high side and uh, it's also easier to lock up your brakes which will absolutely cause you to slide out mm-hmm. and it just has part of that right has to do with the amount of force and between the tire and the ground and there's only so much so much force that a tire can handle and force cornering accelerating decelerating are all forces that have to be managed by the tire so if you start to accelerate and you're cornering at some point, your tire can no longer handle that, and it's going to lose traction. Yep. And so um, the basics of cornering, especially, say, something in a crit, would be this idea of outside, inside, outside. So when you're entering into a corner, you start wide, you come in tight at the apex, and then you go outside wide. And the main purpose of this is to minimize the instantaneous radius of curvature, which basically means you're on a bigger circle. Mm-hmm. And the bigger circle allows you to take it at higher speed for the same force on your tires. So you can you know, theoretically hit it harder. You can go faster through it for the same 
force because it's it's a longer path. It's a it's a bigger circle. And this is sort of the the big idea behind cornering is finding that right path. And in general, that right path is going to be starting outside. They say kissing the apex and mm-hmm. then coming back to the outside. And that's for a standard road where, you know, you have enough space on either side coming in and going out. And, and, and no obstacles, right? It's a, a smooth surface. Yeah, and you're not, alone. And yeah. um, So then, you know, if we want to complicate things now, um, so for, for this scenario where it's a perfectly smooth road, you know, plenty of space, start wide. You know, say you're in a breakaway and you're going, you just attacked and you're going 30 miles an hour and it's a nice wide road. You would go wide, you would dip in close, you would go wide again. That's, you could mostly maintain the speed and you can also pedal through it if it's wide enough which Mm -hmm. is another advantage of taking that that um, minimum uh, radius of curvature is to allow you to pedal through so say we're in that position say there's gravel and this complicates things because you can't just lean into the corner and take that perfect line you the general advice and todd you're the mountain biker so uh, you can uh, you can either back me up or tell me i'm wrong but you want to try and keep the bike vertical in those situations Mm -hmm. and you instead lean more with your body so in those situations you would bring the body more off the bike and you would keep the bike vertical interesting okay i mean so on a road bike situation sure and you know there's assumptions about what the the surface is the level surface and everything and the you know narrow tires and it's gonna um, yeah, you want to keep your, your bike upright on a road and it's gravel. Yeah. You're a more upright bike is probably better. Uh, sometimes on a mountain bike, you actually end up leaning, you know, lean the bike quite a bit and keeping the body upright to, to corner. Um, in the sense that right now you're keeping the, your center of mass aligned more over the, the wheels. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if uh, it's just different, um... like different surface things but yeah I, if i'm if i'm thinking about going to, on my road bike in a corner and there's some obstacle or gravel or something loose i'm trying to keep my bike more upright um, and then see if i can you know maybe a little bit more body lean or some some other way to get through it because I, I don't want to be encountering gravel or an uneven surface on the edge of my tire yeah and and what actually happens is the gravel gets stuck between your tire and the road and it actually rolls underneath of the tire and it it gives you a slip area Mm -hmm. and and so the what will actually happen is the gravel will stick to your tire and just slide along the road and then your your back wheel your front wheel will be too far for you to catch Mm -hmm. you know that's what makes you wipe out or sometimes you catch it and you high side yep which is uh so you start to slip out, but you can like kind of flick it back. But the momentum that you flicked it back with is too much and you, you launch the other direction. Right. Or it goes from sliding to then catching traction again. Right. And then it's too yeah. late. Yeah. And uh, this is really uh, common in like MotoGP because uh, motorcycles have the same, a lot of the same concepts with cornering. And every once in a while you get a, a nice shot of a, a motorcyclist flying across a uh, high side and it's actually pretty dangerous because of how much momentum mm-hmm. uh, they have. So another thing, if you're, if you are new to cornering, it's important to gain confidence in your equipment. So when I first uh, started doing crit races, so I, I was doing a lot of track riding, which it, it came intuitively to me and it's a lot of pack dynamics and that might be an episode as well as, uh, you know, anticipating the pack movement, uh, being safe, you know, making your own space within the pack. And I started doing crit riding more and, um, Pennsylvania, that's where I grew up. Uh, 
I think that they have some of the best crit racers in the U.S. And I think SoCal thinks that they're the best, but um, they do office park crits, and it's not mm-hmm. nearly as technical as the winding uh, Lancaster roads that are really common in the um, eastern Pennsylvania scene. And so you get it's really hard to get a box office crit um, in the mid Atlantic, and you end up getting these kind of technical courses. And so the demands of speed skills were really high when I was first starting and I had a lot of issues cornering and I talked to my coach and one big takeaway was, do you have confidence in your equipment? Are your tires pumped up properly? Mm-hmm. Are they new enough? You know, is there, is there bare thread? Uh, is there glass embedded in the tire? And, you know, um, I guess this is a, a time to say, you know, every once in a while you should squeeze some of the cuts in your tire and see if there's any small pieces of glass. Cause they'll slowly dig in and then mm-hmm. eventually, um, rip into your tube so you should be like picking those out and making sure that your your tires clean um you know is your chain lubed uh you know is it new enough is are your brakes brake pads working properly uh before any bike race you should make sure that all these things are working really well i mean really before any time you get on your bike you should be quite confident in all you know in, in most of those things and what do they say abcs uh air brakes and chain i think are the yeah, those. I mean, those are the pretty the basic safety things. Yeah, and well, you know, okay. I think we've all uh, had a few rides where it's like, ah, my brakes aren't really working, but I want to go train. And okay, for training, it's maybe okay, but for a race, everything should be in tip-top shape. Absolutely. And having the confidence in, oh, my tires are good. You know, my my bike is solid. That can help give you the confidence to hit a corner harder. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that is important to think about when you're cornering is. If everyone else did it, I can probably do it. And maybe that's different for like a UCI race or, you know, a pro level race. There are some people who have unique cornering skills. But for an amateur, if uh, if everyone else went through that corner and didn't wipe out, uh, it's very unlikely you wipe out unless it's, um, what, what does insurance companies call it? Like an act of God or right. whatever. Yeah, unless it's like somehow the conditions have dramatically changed in a yeah. split second between you doing it and them doing it. And so, you know, having the confidence that, okay, everyone else made it through okay, and I know my bike's good, I know I can handle this, then that should help give you the confidence to, you know, really go into the corners. I just think the tires are so, so big there. I mean, I don't know, just for me, and maybe this also comes from being a mountain biker and a road tire, there's certainly options and sizes and different compounds, but mountain bike tires, a wide array of different things that you get and you try to match to conditions a little bit. And just being able to be confident going to a race, like, yeah, I I feel pretty good about this tire selection for the terrain that I'm going to ride on today. Such a huge confidence boost as opposed to like, eh, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe these tires are okay for this course today, but I'm not sure. Uh, that's a, for me, that's just a total game changer to know. Like, yep, yeah, I, I feel good about the tires. And I've I've ridden them, right? Like, you've ridden the tires, you know, you feel you have a good feel for where the limit of traction is so that you know how to push right up to that. Yeah, and that the experience of, of doing it in training helps a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned the tires. I One of my friends actually claims that uh, you'll hit the ground with your handlebars before you wipe, before you slide out uh, on a road bike on like a flat, smooth, good surface. I was like, eh. mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, how wide are his handlebars? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> standard. Yeah, 42 44 yeah, i don't know about that so you know that's the claim and i i think that you know he might not be correct and i i think trek actually published a video where they had a contraption that 
riders it was like a cage that riders wore so they could really lean the bike over and then when they uh when they slid out they would just like bounce off this uh rigid thing and they would come unscathed but i think the 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 point of his claim is that you can really lean the bike and you can really put a lot of force into modern tires and you know any decent quality tire can really get a lot out of it. Yeah, you can you can probably lean your bike more than you think you can. I don't, I don't know that it's handlebar to the ground, but you can certainly lean your bike, uh, you know, especially on a flat road. But even if you have a little banking on the road, even further. Mm-hmm. And and so knowing almost that the limit exists very far out there allows you hopefully to have the confidence to push it a little bit further. And part of this is the the good technique that allows you to. Uh, actually hit the corner correctly and and stick that position and not slide out yeah, so I think that's i think that's huge right because you're like oh yeah i'm just gonna go into this corner and you know lean my handlebars down or do like the moto gp thing and you know get my knee right near the ground if your technique's not good that's not going to turn out so well for you if you do the technique right then yeah you're gonna yep gonna look so cool. uh let's talk about the technique a bit then and uh first thing i want to say though is um I looked up counter steering because this is a really popular topic when you look up, you know, how to corner well. Mm-hmm. And people mention counter steering. It's, it's this phenomenon where you sort of uh, throw the, say you want to turn right, you throw the bike left a bit in order to get to lean back to the right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a way of almost like, um, you know, the way a swing set gets momentum is, you know, you come back in order to swing forward. Mm-hmm. And it's that idea of, well, you got to swing left to dive in right. And Actually, um, if you look up the Wikipedia page for counter steering, it's it's not even a scientific phenomenon. Like, there's no published white papers on counter steering. It's just sort of a, a like a societal. Is, a, uh, is it a, a tall tale? Yeah, it's just sort of like, well, you got to counter steer. Like, uh, you know, two wheeled uh, objects, you need to you know lean the one way. And that might be true for something like a motorcycle, or it might be beneficial for something like a motorcycle, but. The big difference between motorcycle cornering and uh, bicycle cornering is the relative weight of the rider to the mm-hmm. the vehicle. And so we have to remember there are some differences and moving a, a multi-thousand pound vehicle is very different than moving this 15 pound or 20 pound uh, mm-hmm. frame underneath of you. So counter steering, it's not really significant. And you'll see a lot of top riders, what they do is they, they're riding straight, riding straight, they line up for the corner, and then they just lean and they stick it and they hold it and that's that's their curve. And especially when they're riding alone, that's usually your best option. So you come up to the corner, go to the outside. This allows you to have more space to make the turn, this outside, inside, outside idea. Bring your inner leg knee up to the 12 o'clock position, push down on the outer leg. And when it's time to make the corner, we talked about this in the descending episode, you should have like a visualization of this path you want to take. You want to look through the corner and you want to push down on the outer pedal. And what that does is the 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 pushing down on the outer pedal allows you to really stick that position and hold it in throughout the corner. And as soon as uh, your bike is up enough to begin pedaling again, you need to start pedaling again, especially in something like a crit. Because of the, the deceleration that occurs in the cornering, you need to reaccelerate so you don't lose positions or mm-hmm. have to do excessive work later on. So that's sort of the the basic perfect uh, scenario is this. Uh, you get to go wide. You get to hit the apex. You get to come out wide. You get to do all these things correctly. Um, and speaking of the how you should approach the corner or how you should be cornering, uh, another common to- topic that a lot of people talk about is knee in versus knee out. Uh, 
And uh, Todd, are you a are you a knee in or a knee out rider? If I want to look cool, it's knee out. I think knee out's cool. Um, I mean, for sure, it looks cool. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, from a, a practical matter, riding a pack, I am not a knee out rider. I'll tell you that much, because there's not space for it. Yeah, uh, I just I don't want to. You know, like um, so. I think if I get my choice on a road bike and i want to look cool i'm probably gonna throw my knee out uh knee in it's probably more aerodynamic though that's true so i'm a knee out rider and that's just because i didn't think about it and then that's Mm -hmm. what happened you know you corner one too many times doing it that way and yes muscle memory yeah and you're sort of stuck in um there's actually a bit of a debate you know all the uh the weekend warriors on the online forums Mm want to have their opinion on knee knee in versus knee out and um, a lot of the claims are, you know, knee out is good for motorcycles because of the weight difference and mm-hmm. the, the change in, you know, moving your leg outward can, uh, start to affect the, the center of gravity and the rider is so much lighter than the vehicle, then it's not significant in the dynamics of the system. Yeah. But for, for a cyclist, it's, uh, you are most of the system. You're most of the weight. Yeah. Yeah. So for a cyclist it's different there's less um you don't have it's not as hard to throw the bike mm-hmm. because you're you know you're more throwing your body and i would say if we look at our original steering model of this idea that the center of gravity of the cyclist relative to the normal reaction force on the tires if there's a disparity laterally between them you start to move sideways the knee out is just another way to get that disparity so yeah, yeah. i would argue there's no difference fundamentally in in your capacity to corner it's just how are you choosing to distribute your weight to cause you to corner yeah i, I mean i guess you, you know you can make another argument here which is knee out probably relatively speaking slightly lowers your center mass that's true relative to knee in and actually uh As you, yeah the more you lean right the more knee out the more the lower that that center mass would be which in theory would make you more stable i you know i don't know off the top of my head just like thinking about segment weights if that's significant in the overall system but yeah and it's, it's just interesting to think what how long how high is your saddle height and how much lower can you get and what two percent lower how much mm-hmm. does that affect does that really matter really? really so one thing that the only thing i could really think of that would make a difference is if your knee is out you can drop your hip more you have that mobility yeah you opened up that space yeah so that is potentially the reason why I was knee out in the first place is I have, I do have hip mobility issues. So it was just a subconscious opportunity for me to drop my hip was dropping my knee out. And it could just be simple as the difference between knee in and knee out is just when you started riding, did you have the hip mobility to keep your knee in or not? Well, so I think, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think the other thing that happens as you're cornering is some of moving the bike really comes from moving your hips. And if I'm stealing your thunder, I'm going to apologize for, for that. But, you know, actually like moving your hips contributes to moving the bike a little bit, at least on a mountain bike, uh, a fair, a fair bit. And that's like you move your hips a little bit. And so thinking about from that perspective, yeah, if you knee out a little bit, now you can rotate your pelvis and, and shift that weight just that much more to get you going in the direction that you want. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, one good drill to practice cornering with your hips is it's it's a straight line drill, but you put, you set up a set of cones that are a little wider than handlebar width. And then you set up another set, maybe 10 meters further down and this, the same width, but offset to the side 
uh, a meter or so. And you, you set up another 10 meters away, another set of cones in line with the first set. So you have this, you know, normal, you know, off to the side and then back to normal. And you ride that starting at a lower speed and, and you slowly increase the speed. And what that does is teaches you how to just subtly move your hips and see how the bike slowly laterally moves. And then you shift the hips back. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, this is so intuitive to a track cyclist because this is the only way to move for track cycling. And um, this ability to, to sweep with the hips to go back and forth and uh, move around the pack. And I think that's something that a lot of newer riders don't have experience with and a lot of say mountain bikers would also probably have less experience with. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, I think that's probably more, it's either you intuitively have it or you, somebody has to tell you like, Oh yeah, you need to like point your hips where you're going. Oh huh, yeah. That makes a difference. Yeah. And, and so that the drill that I described is a good way to sort of isolate the phenomenon mm-hmm. and allows you to, it allows it to start to click. And, and that phenomenon of, of pointing your hips in the right direction and using your hips to steer is a, a fundamental part of cornering. So some, some more tips. These are maybe moving on to more intermediate level tips. If uh, say you're on a crit and you start on a wide road and you're turning onto a narrower road, the big problem with this is actually your racing line changes. So you can't enter a narrower road the same way you would a wide road because you can't swing out as far. There's a curb there. Mm -hmm. And so what you actually have to do is you have to start turning later and you have to cut later. And the idea is by the time you hit the apex, your bike needs to be more straight. It needs to be Mm -hmm. more facing the output road. And so when you see the racing line people take, they really wait a while before they cut and they cut really hard. Mm -hmm. This is actually, I think, one of the hardest... uh, parts of cornering is cornering from a wide road to a narrow road because the racing line is super hard to get right. And if you come in too early, you, you cut the angle down too early. It's so hard to get around the corner and get the angle of the bike. Correct. So effectively that's, you know, becoming a decreasing radius turn, right? If you had it wide road to right wide road, it's a a constant radius turn, but now, you know, it's effectively a decreasing radius, right? It's tightening effectively as you go into that corner which makes it more challenging to nail yeah and i I think the the point here though is that you you try to make it a constant radius turn so you have to imagine a different an atypical racing line Mm -hmm. in order to get this effect of i've done most of my turn before i get to the tight radius part Mm -hmm. and so that takes some practice but this idea of you, you have to learn how to maybe cut later and really get around that corner before you get to the apex. And that allows you to be in the correct direction coming onto that narrower road. So be, be aware that if the road is a different width, you, you may have to approach the corner differently. And, and similarly, from a narrow road to a wide road, this is actually uh, the opposite. It's, it's really quite easy to get this corner correct. And um, because you can uh, you can just sling it out wide at the end. You mm-hmm. can just carry as much speed as you want. And you can just let your bike fly out as wide as you want because you have that space. So for a narrow road onto a wide road, you can start to start the turn earlier and you can throw your bike less. And so you can take it at a higher speed because you have the opportunity to um, to take it in this really wide curve. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, narrow road onto a wide road, you have, since there are less demands on the corner, you have more opportunity to uh, potentially 
control the space. Like in a crit, it's say you're at the front and you're going from narrow to wide. Someone might want to undercut you, but because you know you can go wide coming around the corner, you can go narrow early and prevent that person from coming underneath of you. Mm -hmm. So if you are cornering in that situation, you have more power, you can, uh, you can control the space better versus going on to a narrow road. You, it's hard to line it up correctly. So when other people try and take your space, it's, uh, it turns into a lot of calculations to get it all right. Yeah. It was just a natural squeeze there anyhow. Right. There's X can fit on a wide road and some fraction of X can fit on a narrow road. Yeah. And then the, um, the accordion effect is extra magnified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about cornering with other people. So this is, uh, the assumption is, you know, how to corner by yourself pretty well. So, um, that's kind of what we've been talking about so far is this, um, you know, get, get the knee up, uh, keep it in or don't and, uh, pick this good racing line outside, inside, outside. But now we introduce other people. Well, so if they know how to corner, you're all good, right? Uh, so, well, first off, how many people in your race know how to corner even, uh, you know, even in the P one, two field, sometimes you go, Hey, uh, what, what are you doing over there, bud? <laughs> and, uh, the, the biggest issue here is actually that the racing line that you think exists and the racing line they think exists, sometimes they overlap mm-hmm. and they want to use the whole road and you want to use the ro- whole road. And it doesn't work because you can't pass through each other. Can't can't have intersecting lines. Right. And so, well, yeah, there's, there's a time dimension there, right? Yeah. Eventually. uh, But uh, no, not, not instantaneously. So um, it's important to know that when you are cornering with other people, they are actually controlling some of the space that you can exist in. And so understanding that, for example, if you're on the inside coming into a corner, the person outside of you controls how wide you can go mm-hmm. because you, can, you can't you can go any wider than they are because then you run into them. So coming into the corner, you, you can't go, you can only go so wide. The apex, you can hit the apex perfectly because you're on the inside, you control all the inner space. But coming out, you can only go as far out as the person allows you to. So Although the inside, a lot of people like to slip up the inside in crits and, it, you know, oh, I can steal a few places by coming on the inside. Actually, it's really hard to take space because you have to slow down so much because you can't take this optimal curve. You can't have a wide circle because you're confined to only having a tight corner. Effectively, you made your road narrower, right? Because other people are taking up that space for you. And so if you are this inner rider, it's tough because you're you're so heavily dictated by the other riders. And it might be a good position because you can control the apex, but otherwise you're you're really stuck. Um, and, and the the opposition to this is having the outside in a corner. And this means you so if you have the outside, you can only start cornering once the inside person has started cornering. And so if they choose to take a line, you have to accommodate them. Because uh, if you start cornering first, obviously uh, you run into them. So you, you know, you can, you have to wait till they start cornering, but you can control how far out they go. So you kind of have more control over the line that you take and then a little more control over their line, as long as you don't cut too close to the apex. Yeah. You, you can control the exit of the corner. Yeah. And um, the other advantage is you can carry a higher speed. So Although you're going a further distance, mm. this is the this is why it's you end trade-off. up. Yeah, 
you you end up going the same speed as this person inside of you well you end up going along the path the same you know like you end up at the same place right you in theory you enter and exit the corner with your you know wheels even because they went on the inside on a slightly shorter path but at a slower speed and you went on the outside on a longer path at a higher speed and you know yes these things work out it's just it's the same reason on a running track that they offset the 400 meter so everybody runs the same distance yeah and so you um you have control on the exit you can control how wide the person inside of you can go um and the other advantage of going wide is that your exit speed is higher because your total speed is higher and what that means is you can have a lower acceleration Mm -hmm. uh, when you have to go up to speed so say you're mid-pack someone wants to take it tight because you know they're oh they're skipping up the inside but they had to decrease their speed so much that now they have to sprint to keep to hold that position and so they're using so much energy to steal those few positions if you relax take that wide line and you can take whatever line you want at high speed it takes a few pedal strokes to get right back up to speed and you're right smoothly in position sometimes it's harder to take take positions from other people because you do have to go a further distance but in terms of energy used you have much lower energy usage which in some ways is counterintuitive right like i'm riding further but i'm riding more efficiently yeah and so i think that's a big limiter for a lot of new riders is not getting dropped Mm -hmm. and especially for crits the best way to get dropped is to not have your cornering down and it is, I think that you when you do your first race and you see how everyone corners, it is kind of unintuitive. It's weird. And, you know, I, I don't like being this close to people. Uh, it seems like everyone has their own racing line. You know, what's going on? It's so easy to start to slink to the back. And then you take a few corners a, few, a bit too slower than everyone else and you're off the back and you're not in the draft anymore. And then uh, the referee's like, hey, you got to get off the course now. And, and you don't really know what happened. So, um, yeah, you have to make sure that, uh, that you understand how this works and you have to understand that if you can take a clean line, you can save a lot of energy. And so when you do find yourself off the back, you have the energy to sprint back in. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you take the inside line every time, because the inside line does appear safer and that's another potential tip is if there is the sketchy corner, the sketchy last corner or whatever, you know, this is a wide road onto a narrow road or something. If you take that inside line, no one can slide out into you. Yep. So there is some security mm-hmm. in the inside line from that perspective, but you really got to slow down unless you're first wheel. If you're first wheel, you can take whatever line you want, of course, but if you're not first wheel, your speed might be a lot slower. Yeah, nobody's going to crash you out, but you may have to sprint back to get into your position and maybe you already lost it. So finding this right balance of the inside line, no one can crash me out. Outside line, I can keep it smooth. I can keep it fast. So you have to learn and find the balance. And each course is different. That's what makes bike racing fun. You have to figure out what is optimal for your course and your skills and your fitness and the field around you. And this is a lot of the experience of racing and learning. Just got to see it and build that database so that when that next opportunity comes you okay yeah this is this is the right thing to do this is the right feel and this is the plan to execute yep and um the last thing that we can talk about with uh with cornering with other people is uh being in the middle not you don't get the outside line or the inside line 
and uh, I loathe this. This is the worst. I try. I, I think a lot of top riders, uh, or you know, whatever P one two riders, they also try to avoid this scenario as much as possible. You're in jail. Right? You're just you're constrained, right? You can only do what the other people let you do, right? So you you can't control the entrance. You can't control the apex. You can't control the exit. And so you, the way that I handle this is, first off, I, I slow down a little bit more than the other people, and that's to make sure I don't go in three bars wide. And it, it just gives you a little bit of, bit of buffer space, but I tend to follow the inside rider because they can dictate the... It's easier to bail outward. It's mm-hmm. harder to bail inward because the corner's throwing you outward anyway. So if you're stuck in between two riders, don't don't slink out too much because you'll lose a lot of speed and that's a lot of effort. But you could, uh, you know, it, it is normal to hesitate a little bit and just make sure that the riders kind of know you're there and they both give you some space. But stick to the inside rider, you know, give them a little bit of buffer space and kind of react to them. And then you just have to make sure the outside guy doesn't uh, doesn't come into you. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it, it takes a little bit of confidence to do it. They should be aware that you're there. And part of it is making your presence known mm-hmm. uh, coming into the corner. One way to do that is to break a little bit later than the other riders so that they can see you out of the corner of their eye. Oh, there's someone there. And they'll give you a little bit more space. Um, but, yeah, make sure you know they know you're there. You know, you got to stick it to the inside rider because they're really uh, dictating how close you can go. And then if, if you have to, bail outward. But, uh, yeah, the middle is the worst. Yeah, you're just you're just locked in there, and like I said, you're you're just following somebody's orders, basically. Yeah, and so okay, it's the middle of the race. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of that part of the race where you're just trying to soak up time towards the finish. And then okay, it's fine. You know, it's it's a couple corners in the middle. It doesn't really matter. Um, you're probably not going that fast anyway. But if you're coming into the last few corners and you're coming in three wide, um, you need to make sure you're all the way in and you're going to sneak up the inside or you're all the way out and you can really like whip up the speed, take that outside line. Yeah. I mean, I feel like once you're in that middle, you're hopefully constantly kind of looking for your exit strategy, right? Like what's my, what's my move. So I'm not in the middle two laps from now, right? Two corners from now. Yeah. And, um, one, one thing, one way to get out is to get your handlebars in front of someone else's. And, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, this is more generic race tactics, but, um, one way to sort of control other people is to have your handlebars in yep. front of them. So if your handlebars are the same location as theirs, they can, you can bump shoulders and then it's a, a bit of a mono mono, you know, which one of us is going to chicken out first. Mm. But if your handlebars are in front of someone, there's very little they can do to stop you from taking the space you want. Yep. So the last tip I have, we have, um, I have, I have like some very, high level tips that I think are almost too difficult to explain, uh, on a podcast. So I'll have to figure out how to share them. But, um, so one that I have that's, um, this is really common in the P12 field and it takes a little bit of time to develop how to do this. Uh, but anyway, the the tip is don't corner directly behind someone. And I use this all the time because I, I hate cornering behind people. And the big thing here is if you're directly behind someone, you can only go through the corner as fast as they do. If you're slightly outside of them or slightly inside of them, you can take half a bike length, a quarter of a bike length, mm-hmm. but you're in control of your own speed then because you won't run into their rear wheel. So 
lining up for the corner. If this rider wants to take the the line, you know, the racing line, I'll say, okay, I'll take a slightly offline, but at least I can take it at my own speed under my own power and control. That will always be faster and more efficient than doing exactly what they do. So the other way I've thought about this and I, I learned this uh, when I was you know, developing as a rider was sort of a, a two, two-sided thing. So one thing I think you often learn is like, well, follow a faster rider, right? Watch somebody ride faster than you. See if you can follow and watch what they do. And then, you know, people that sort of mentored me, I was always followed by, that's great, but now recognize that you are neither the same height, weight, riding the same bike, have the same equipment or experience or skill or, or what have you, any number of variables. Therefore, the optimal line of this theoretical faster rider may not quite be the optimal line for you. Right? There's some subtle variation in that line. So, yes, you you observe what they did, and that's good for learning. And like, okay, yeah, they they did this. They dropped their knee. They you know, like this is how they set up all these things that we've been talking about during this episode. Good, observe that, watch that, try to ride behind and try to understand that. But then when it comes to you, whatever they did, you for you the optimal fastest thing is almost almost not exactly that it's almost never exactly what that person in front of you did it's some subtle variation on it slightly inside slightly outside because you're taller smaller fast whatever um just any number of variables so like yeah watch it observe it take it in and then you have to make your own variation of it yeah exactly and on this topic i I just want to my warning is when you are slightly inside or outside you have to pick the right side so for (laughs) Yeah, some people will say, oh, I'll, I'll sit slightly inside, and then they get crunched on the inside curb. Or, oh, I'll sit on the outside, and then that person uh, swings all the way out to the curb, and you get pinched there as well. So you have to understand the course well enough. Uh, so example scenario, this narrow to wide uh, course, that you know the person's going to swing wide because the space there is there, and the, the corner is fast. So you have to hit the corner a little bit harder and take a more a tighter line an inner line and uh allow that person to swing wide but if you can take that inner line faster it's it's hard to do but if you have the cornering skills to do it you can make up half a bike length and that can be just a little bit of edge to steal that position from them and so this is a very common technique and a bit of a um, machismo thing within the you know the last five laps of the race is each person in the top 15 is like trying to steal one spot per corner from each of the other person. So can I get half a bike length in that corner by taking a slightly different line faster? And of course the other person's trying to take a slightly faster line than the person in front of them a little bit faster. And so you end up jockeying back and forth and it's just, Oh, they, they did take a slightly better line or, Oh, they did hit that a little bit harder than me. And, but you can't hit it too hard because then you're too close to the front. And, um, you know, this is the dynamic of getting ready for a sprint finish that you have to learn over time and you get better at. That's, that's what allows you to upgrade. But this is one big aspect of it is, is picking a different line and having your own space in order to eventually move forward. Mm-hmm. Like if you always follow the rider in front of you, you will never move forward. It's so hard. You, you, you will follow the rider in front of you. Yeah. You'll just until be the stuck finish line. There. Yeah. And so you have to get away from them a bit in order to, you know, get your own advantage or, or find a way around them. So, uh, that's what I have on cornering for now. Um, like I said, there are a few other things and I'll have to figure out how to present them, but, um, 
I think that's a good start to cornering. You need the confidence to do it. I think practicing in a parking lot, it's a classic suggestion is set up some cones, do a sprint and then lean in and stick it. Yeah, I think that's huge. And the other thing is to build confidence in cornering, to build confidence in that ability to lean your bike. Just don't start on a flat road. Start on something that has some bank to it. right? And use that bank to help you a little bit because that, that bank's going to hold you up because uh, you're, you're going to be pushing into it. And then, you know, once you get that feel, you start to understand how the tires, how, you know, how far you can lean a little bit, then maybe bring that back. If you, if you're, um, shy about, or you're scared about like, like how far can I lean my bike? Do it, do it somewhere that's got some bank and, and then bring that skill back to the flat road. Uh, maybe don't go quite as far the first time on the flat road, but, uh, you know, bring it back to that flat road and start cornering there after you've felt it a little bit on the bank. I think that'll, will help tremendously. Yeah, I have two things on that. I would say we all have sort of this routine on how we get out to our training roads. And a lot of us are lucky enough to have a technical corner going out to our training roads. And, you can, you know, we, we all get comfortable with this road or these few roads we take. And if you have one of these corners, just every day, try and hit it hard. And just it's just a little bit of practice that you get every day. And the advantage of that is this is the same corner. It, it doesn't change attributes. There's no surprise factor here. So you can really learn, oh, this is a no-break corner. You can go go into this thing full gas and stick it, but you know that because you've done it a hundred times now. Mm-hmm. And so you've taken away the uncertainty, and so now you can focus on just the cornering and not the, oh, this is a brand new corner that I have to try and understand while also sticking it hard. Oh, I understand this corner. Let's just focus on sticking it. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, that can be really beneficial. The other thing is um, actually my, my one friend who's a cat one, he's, he's been a cat one for a while now. He said, when I did my U- first USA crits uh, race, he said, I didn't know it was possible to corner that hard until I saw the pros corner that hard. And there is a certain lesson that can be learned from riding in a pack that's better than you. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're safe, which is the number one thing when with racing, go do a P one, two, three race. If you're cat three or do a two, three, four race, if you're a four and you want to learn how to corner and follow the, you know, one of the riders in the top categories and they'll hit that thing harder than you. And like we said, if everyone else in the race can hit it, you can hit it. And so just being, having that front row seat to someone smashing a corner is enough is like a huge lesson can allow you to develop your own cornering skills faster. Yeah, that was one thing that when I was in LA and did some one, two, three races, like, oh, this is different. This is this is cool. This is different. This is a different different experience in the corners. Yeah, and and you see that person just like take a bike length from you in the corner, and you're like, oh, this is a fast corner, and I need to hit it hard. Yeah, especially like if you when you do the races back to back, like, oh, yeah, we didn't do that in the threes race, but I I see that's doable now. And I think that's one of the things that's interesting about bike riding. I know certainly in the situation cornering and in mountain biking, sometimes there's a section of trail that you look at and you're like, ah, yeah, I've heard people ride this, but I, I don't know how I'm supposed to get my bike through over that rock and this, that, the other. And then, you know, inevitably some skilled rider comes down and, and nails and you're like, oh, that's how you do it. Right. Like somebody shows you and then all of a sudden like, Oh, of course, that makes sense. I just, I just didn't see that. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the knowledge to, to see that little trick, that little thing 
that makes this now possible. Yeah, exactly. It's just like um, entering the realm of existence for mm-hmm. you. And, um, and another example I have is, uh, you know, Catherine Curie, right? Mm-hmm. So former U.S. Uh, women's pro road uh, national champion. And um, she was telling me a story on one of the group rides that, uh, so she she was saying, oh yeah, I got to five watts per kilo, like when I was at the peak and, you know, not, not very many women do that. And she said, I think the big reason was because the only people I could ride with were these two, I, I think it was two um, pro male riders and like you keep up with them or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's just this exposure to a high level of performance you go oh I, like i can do that but it's pushing you mm-hmm. and it's allowing you to develop quicker and so yeah go do your uh go do that harder category if, if you're allowed to and, mm-hmm. and go be exposed to people who are a little bit harder than you know a little bit faster a little bit uh, stronger than you and uh yeah your rate of improvement will definitely increase faster so similar thing that's why i i have this odd ability to pedal at a really high cadence is i had junior gears and I was riding in the hilly terrain here with people that had 5312. I'm like, well, if they're going 40, 45 miles an hour, I kind of have to keep up and I can't get dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just pedal faster, right? And you go down a long descent, then you just pedal 130 RPMs because you have to. Yeah. Um, and, and that actually brings up a funny it's all the juniors that I've raced with, it, like in uh, collegiate, though, some of the high schools will have uh, a team and they'll mm-hmm. come. And they always have such good positioning on the descents. You know why? Because they got the small gears. Yeah. Because they can't, uh, they know in advance that it's going to be so hard to keep up. Yep. They always position themselves well for it. And that's yep. such a lesson is, oh, I could position myself well. Yep. More yeah. often. Yeah. When you, you learn that very quickly when you try to descend with a, with a bunch of people that have, a bit much bigger gear. Well, I can't, if I give any space, I'm not catching up. Yeah. I just can't, I just also, don't have the gear for it. Yeah. And juniors are lighter too. So yep. gonna that's another thing. Yeah. Make it harder anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have for cornering. Uh, Todd, if you don't have anything else. Nope. Just the same, the same old advice as always, which is if you liked us, go ahead and give us a, is a that review. advice? Well, Todd? It's a suggestion. suggestion. Yeah. Okay. Asking for a favor in kind, perhaps. Yeah. Give us a review, tweet, like, subscribe, a pin, and we're not on Pinterest. Well, whatever, whatever the things are, yeah, uh, that that you use to communicate with your your friends and uh, you know let let people know that you're you're enjoying our podcast. And now you know, now's the advice. Yes, yes, of course. Um, and as always, keep the rubber side down. And thanks for listening.